Hey guys, I'm Heather and I'm the oldest. She's the emotional one. Is it Bruce Dickinson? <laughs> Man, why, the, why? I mean, like, you haven't even read the list. You're like, Heather. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Ben. I'm the middle child. And he's the practical one. What I, what I need you to understand <laughs> is that you have lost all credibility <sighs> when we get to the cutting stage. Why? Kenny Chesney was your second pick. I'm Beth, and I'm the baby. She's also the swing vote. My picks are great. And (laughs) and if you don't believe it, just ask me. I won't argue with you because I'm mature. Together, we make the Music List Podcast. We want to welcome you back to this new edition of the Music List Podcast. My name is Ben. With me are my sisters, Heather and Beth, and we are going to take on, you know, we earlier we did, we we're going to do another Beatles album, uh, song episode. We previously did their best songs through Rubber Soul, mm-hmm. and so now we're going to pick up their best songs from Revolver to Let It Be, I guess, which was their mm-hmm. last album. So um, there were fewer albums uh, in that time than in the first than in the first set of albums, but this one includes the White Album, which was a double album, mm-hmm. and I think most people would say that their most important work happened in the second half of their career. That's now obviously they became big stars, British Invasion, in the first part of the career, but it was those last what three years, four years, three years probably, where they really kind of changed the face of music, I would say, uh, again, actually. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> so we're going to take on the best Beatles songs from Revolver to Let It Be. This was the late Beatles, also known as the late Beatles, period. And if you do, like, let's go ahead and preface this. If you do like this content, we would love for you on your podcast listening platform to like us, leave a positive review, uh, share us out with your friends and family, and just let them know, hey, we got a cool podcast about music. We are siblings that argue about while we make music lists. That's the stick. That's what we do. <laughs> there it is. And so uh, if, if, if that's something that, uh, if you like music and you like uh, drama, <laughs> this, is the, <laughs> this is the podcast for you. Verbal fisticuffs. This is the podcast for you. <laughs> So the way we do this is we each are going to draft. Uh, we're going to have a three-round draft. And uh, uh, actually, I draft. I don't usually draft first, but I draft first in this particular episode, then Heather, then Beth, and then Beth will get the first pick in round two, Heather, then me, and then I will draft first in round three, Heather and Beth. And uh, then we will have a total of nine songs selected, and then we have the nine-to-five round where we try to cut it to five, and then we're going to rank those five, number one to number five. And here is the little sweetie goodness that you get is we've already done the first episode of the early Beatles, and so we will then have a bonus episode where we take those ten songs because we've already got five songs from the early Beatles. We'll take the five songs that we have ranked from this episode, and then we'll have a kind of bonus episode where we try to rank the top overall five from both Beatles eras. So let's talk a little bit about the Beatles. Important to all of us. We all love the Beatles. We know their work. You know, we a lot of times 
we will send our big list out to each other because we feel like there may be some pieces on our list that maybe someone else is not as familiar with. We want, we felt like we didn't even have to send our list out for this one, <laughs> no. you know. So, you know, we're all really familiar with the Fab Five. Four. Well, there is a fifth Beetle. The Fab Five. The, uh, so the Fab We're Five really actually. Familiar. Really familiar. With <laughs> well, there's well, the first drummer, there Clarence. Is, there, yeah. there is the mysterious fifth Beetle. But so, you got a ticket to ride, man. So I'm also. I'm also. Uh, she loves you, man. I'm also a, a sports geek, and so sometimes my music and my and my sports. Things, yeah. And the, and the Fab Five in sports was a little. It's a little different than the Fab Four. <laughs> Billy Preston, yeah. but so the Fab Four, yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's how familiar we are. Uh, <laughs> I, I can name all four, and apparently one more. Yeah, it's so, it's fall, fake Paul. But it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> the Beatles discuss <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> All um, of our credibility just went. I should. <laughs> I should have listened to at least the first part of the last one because I don't want to just regurgitate mm-hmm. like our gushing of the Beatles from whatever we did last time. But I will say that this era of the Beatles is my favorite. I prefer it to early Beatles, even though I think my favorite singular songs from the Beatles came out of the last episode or the last era. That we covered, um, but I think as a whole, I prefer this later period of their career, mostly because of the Abbey Road album. Is this my favorite album that they have? Oddly enough, I don't really have many songs off of that album um, in my list. Um, but that's the song. That's the album that we listen to with Dad the most, yeah. and I think a lot that influences that a lot i have fond memories of listening to that album so y'all listen to abbey road the most with dad yeah yeah because i felt like i listened to sergeant pepper the most with dad really and so you know that's kind of interesting that was Um, the road trip album when i was uh, abbey road yeah i felt like we listened to sergeant pepper more um but And, and his favorite album was probably the white album album. yeah Yeah. (laughs) so um the interesting thing about this era of the Beatles is they they really span like so many different personalities. You know, you've got this kind of goofiness that they'll throw out there with like I'm the walrus and mm-hmm. Octopus's Garden yeah. and you know, various other animals that they'll throw into conversations just in random. But <laughs> Rocky then, Raccoon. But then they'll take they'll take some very serious Yeah. Yeah. You know, subjects as well and then throw in some love songs and some ballads and you know the the sheer diversity of content that they were willing to tackle and still have this kind of you know transcendental psychedelic sound and feel to their music is really um, I mean, I would say unparalleled. I mean, because so many rock artists, if they're going to do serious songs like Let It Be and Hey Jude and stuff like that, and they're not going to go out on a limb with something like, you know, I Am the Walrus <laughs> or, or, or Yellow Submarine. Yeah. 
And so, I mean, to have the the guts to be a serious rock and roll band and to say, we're going to have a little fun, too. <laughs> you know, that's something that most most bands would not take the gamble on. And so a tip of the hat to them. Number one, they were just the Beatles. They could do whatever the heck they wanted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and so if they wanted to do something, they were like, hey. What are they going to do? Not buy our album? Of course, they're not going to buy. I mean, they're going to they're going to buy the album. So right. you know, so we'll just we'll just name it Magical Mystery Tour and put rainbows and yeah, and, and they'll still buy the album because mm-hmm. we're the Beatles. And they were going through so many, so many changes. They were going through changes in their spirituality. They were going through changes in their um, love lives their love lives mm-hmm. their instrumentation that they were learning to use um of course mind altering substances um and and their relationship to other musicians i mean the the friendly i don't know if you would call it a rivalry i just think it was um exchanging Ideas back and forth, and you know how much he and Brian Wilson um, inspired and influenced each other. I th- you can hear it in both of their music. So you've got two geniuses, or three. You know when John would show up. And well, John <laughs> will tell you exactly what he contributed he to every song and what and what, and and what, and what Paul, Paul contributed. contributed. So um, I think there were a lot of things at play. And really, I think George years. may have been the only trustworthy one in the. <laughs> Maybe George is just over well, there writing a song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was okay. So the George Eric Clapton. Oh dear. Yeah. So that was. She, she was married to, to George. George. And okay, okay, yeah. Yeah. I gotta remember sometimes which way that went. Yeah. I forget. Such an interesting dynamic. So and then there's the Yoko factor. Yeah. There is. Which plays in. It is a factor. It plays it into one of my songs. As a matter yeah. of fact. So. And so. Um, Actually, since we're on the uh, subject of George Harrison and Eric Clapton, I will get right into my first pick, Let's do it. Okay. which is While My Guitar Gently Weeps. From the White Album, 1968. You know, in the last episode, we talked about how much I love a good double album. Yeah, this is a pretty good double album, right? Uh, and so, you know, normally when you if you see something like "While My Guitar Gently Weeps" and you don't dig into the lyrics, you think this is probably a love gone wrong song. But that's not the case at all. This is really about George Harrison mourning over the state of the world more than anything you know this it i was reading articles about you know his we're coming out of the assassination of dr king and um it he there are a couple of lyrics where he he pokes fun at the flower power movement because they were supposed to change the world and they end up getting co-opted into this big 
commercial industry, and they end up just making money like everybody else, and which was odd because the Beatles made a lot of money just like <laughs> everybody else. Um, and so, but it's one of those, you know, going back to what I was mentioning earlier about the Beatles willing to tackle these big national or even global problems. Um, this was this is one of them. And uh, it, it also, George was very clear about this is kind of also talking about some of the disharmony within the band at this time. You know, so, I mean, there were a lot of things that I wasn't just real happy about or he wasn't just real happy about. And the lack of camaraderie between um, between them and, and they did not like this uh, original. They didn't like this composition at first. They didn't really give it a lot of thought. And the way that he got them to take it seriously is he said, well, I got somebody else that might play guitar on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who? This guy named Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then what's, what I love about this is like you can, it is so Beatles. Those, those harmonies are so Beatles. Oh, yeah. But that guitar solo is so Eric Clapton. Yeah. I mean, it is classic Clapton. And so you've got two of my favorite musical entities of all time. You've got the Beatles with amazing lyrics. Those classic Beatles harmonies, and now you're going to give me an Eric Clapton solo on top of it, you know. And so, to me, one of the reasons I put this number one is it's not only a Beatles song; it's a Beatles plus Clapton song, <laughs> you know. And I was like, how does that not make it yeah. better? Um, but the I love kind of the transitions in this song, you know, between the. The, the different the different sections of the song they just transition so smoothly and there's a, at the same time there's a disharmony and such a, an abruptness about the transitions that it's it's kind of some some musical color of what the song is about so they do a really good job of using some of that abruptness to mirror what the song is saying and that was really you know we're kind of getting into the time period where the Beatles understand their genius about how to use not just the lyrics, but to use the music to be part of the storytelling or part of the message. And so, you know, for me, it hits all of those classic things you want in a Beatles song. Mm -hmm. And then we're adding Eric Clapton. Yeah. (laughs) And so for me, uh, this was a, and, and this was very difficult. I mean, there were probably 10 songs that if I put number one, I would have been like, I'm fine with yeah. with that but this is this is maybe not my favorite song but i just think lyrically musically and then all the different kind of ways that they were able to play with the musicalness of the song mm-hmm. to point back to the message of the song was really genius and it just kind of highlighted all those things that the beatles are really known for and so that's why I put it number one. Yeah. When I used to, when I was teaching, um, I would always do a, a unit on literary devices and I would use songs and we would look at things like simile, metaphor, personification. I always use this one for personification. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I was teaching seventh and eighth grade ALE. And now, if you don't know anything about ALE, <laughs> these are students. 
not always the most interested in being at school. Um, and sometimes hard to connect with uh, on studious matters. And so this, like I would use stuff like what does the fox say? And like I was trying to pull from a variety of styles and stuff. So when I started playing this clip, for one, like that it grabbed their attention enough to actually analyze the lyrics like on a deeper level of like not, oh, his guitar is playing a sad song. Like they would make deeper connections than that. And then also, so lyrically, it was it was hitting them. And I had one student and he primarily listened to hip hop and he was he, I started playing it and he's sitting over there and he started doing his head. And I was like, You like this? And he was like, This song go hard. This song go hard. I was like, he said, play that again. <laughs> and so, you know, it's it's not something that's just cool to people who like one style of music. It's it's um recognizable as is a cool song a, a cool because there's no like beat as you would think of it and what would appeal to a uh, like a, a mainstream hip-hop song you know like that but still the musicality of it was able to to reach across um somebody who doesn't normally listen to that genre so yeah. i thought that was that spoke to the quality of the song and you know we we a lot of times will there's a million Beatles list out there, and you know we have sometimes we like Rolling Stones and lists, and sometimes we don't. It was 136 on the 500 greatest album, uh, greatest songs of all time. It was seventh on the 100 greatest guitar songs of all time. Um, tenth on the Beatles 100 greatest songs list, and then uh, then Clapton's individual performance uh, was 42nd on Guitar World's, but there's also a, a Prince version of this Ugh. that is red, red. redonkulous. It is redonkulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, this 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 is the first time I'm going to get all musical geek on this episode, but it won't be the last. But um, <laughs> this chord progression in this song was was quite quite the one in 1968 because this is the same. Now, they think, I mean, from what everything I've read... It appears that the Beatles put it down first, but then when you listen to Led Zeppelin's Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You, and Chicago's 25 or 6 to 4, it's the yeah. same chord progression. A lot of people yeah. call it the same. It's not the same riff. It's really the same chord progression, but, but um, now, they are the all Led very Zeppelin sim- and the Chicago yeah, one they are is, very is almost the same riff. Yeah. Yeah. But this I mean, is, it you know, is like. They think that the Beatles put it down first. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure it's not the first time that it was that chord progression was ever used. Probably but, not. Um, anyway, the, it, it was all in 1968 too. All three of those were put down within months of each other. So something in the water or the drugs, I, I guess. You know. <laughs> all right, is it my turn? It is. I believe so. Okay. This is by far and away my favorite Beatles song of of any era, and it's "Blackbird" uh, from the White Album. Blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these broken wings and learn to fly All your life You were only waiting for this moment to arise 
blackbird singing in the dead of night Take these sunken eyes and learn to see All your life Okay, so again, with the music with the music geek. <laughs> this is uh, inspired by Box Bore in E minor. And if you have never heard Box Bore in E minor, it's um, you've probably heard it, but you but you don't know what it's called. Um, it's the. I mean, it's it's a very familiar melody. Um, McCartney reharmonized it into its relative major, and so um, all that to say is that he he was able to take it and change it from a minor tonality into a major tonality, and that's where. Um, he gets this beautiful melody, um, which I think is—it's just one of those melodies that has always resonated with me. I'm very much a melody person as well as the lyrics person. Now, speaking of the lyrics, um, there are two two influences that um, I've heard him cite on about this song. One is the call of a blackbird when they were in India. Um, and of course, you know, they spent a lot of time there in their spiritual journey. Um, but the one that I feel like is most special and that I feel connected to, we're Arkansans. And he was inspired to write it after watching the struggles of the civil rights movement in the U.S. and especially in Little Rock. And he mentions the Little Rock Nine specifically. Um, and so um, if you're not familiar with that, Part of our history um, during the desegregation movement, um, nine black students were chosen to um, integrate into Little Rock Central High School, and Governor Faubus had to call out the National Guard, and it didn't go well. And um, it's not not the most shining moment in in our country's history and certainly not in our state's history, but, um, bird, especially, you know, in England is slang for girl. So black bird, he said, should be interpreted as black girl. So he watched, um, those students walk and being escorted by the national guard into school with their heads held high and, you know, dealing with the taunts and the the threats and the intimidation and they walked in with so much dignity and so he was inspired to write that song and um I got to see him when he came to Little Rock and he was able to meet two of the wow. two of the young women that were part of the Little Rock Nine and he took pictures with them and did an interview and so it was really cool to see to see that. Um, so Jacob Stolworthy of The Independent, not Trent Grimm. <laughs> Trent Grimm, The Independent. <laughs> little Ted Lasso reference there. <laughs> um, said, he, I quote, The beautiful calmness was at odds with the growing racial tension that already inspired the song. And um, McCartney performs it. He performs it alone. It's just... Um, him and his guitar, and um, 
There are several co- cover versions, including one from my best friend, Dave Grohl. <laughs> I'm just speaking <laughs> it. In- what he is? <laughs> I'm, I'm manifesting. If he ever heard this, he would be like, who is that Creeper. weird person? Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I think it's just, like I say, one of the most beautiful melodies and chord structures. Um, and the mark of a great song is for people to hear it and interpret it and personalize it different ways. And it's special to me because, you know, when I was, you know, in a time in my life where it was not very, not very happy and it was, you know, I was making big changes. I was about to have to, you know move and you know in the middle of a divorce and you feel very you know broken and sad and hopeless sometimes and you know I interpret you know I have I have black hair you know so um you know blackbird singing because that's what I do you know take these broken wings and learn to fly and so it was very encouraging to me what's really interesting is that Sean didn't even know that and then um, he is, his one of his favorite songs is a different Blackbird. It's by a, a band called Alter Bridge. And so um, he kind of associated that song with me. And so it's a different Blackbird, but it was, it was just kind of a confirmation that, you know, this was my song, you know, for, and so I personalize it that way. So it, I have a sentimental attachment to it, but I also think it's probably one of the most beautiful songs that they ever did. Yeah. Okay. My, I, I agree, by the way, it's a great song. <laughs> She's like, cool story, bro. Yeah. No, I, I, I was like, this is, I don't like, all right. And my verse biggest. <laughs> so it was a smooth transition into the next round. <laughs> and I would like to start off since, since we already doing this abruptly, let me just go ahead and give you my fun fact. Oh, it's it. time for a fun fact, fun fact. Yeah. So, you know, you, you talked about this really serious uh, thematic. Allow me to present to you the thong song by Cisco, not as my pick, but as it relates to my pick. <laughs> I because. I'm intrigued. <laughs> Can't wait for the like, Ben's was like. My, my, the Beatles song is Eleanor Rigby. And okay. if you, I'm going to get there. Okay. I'm going to bring it back around. So, <laughs> Ben is like, how is this going to come around? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> when they pitched it to Cisco, they had... The thong song or Eleanor Rigby? The thong song. Okay. The beat included a sample from Eleanor Rigby, the, the violin, the, the like staccato beats. Yeah. And, well, and also... The violin, the line, the string line above it. He loved it. They weren't going to give it. They wrote that that beat for Michael Jackson, and they played it accidentally for Cisco. And he was like, "I got to have that." <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't have the words to it yet. It was not yet the thong song, but he said, "I got to have that." But then he wanted to. Um, <laughs> he said, "That's Eleanor Rigby, though." So. I need to somewhat make it my own. So he pulled the guy from Star Wars who played strings on Star Wars, and they kind of rewrote the thing. But you can still hear the the influence, yes, 
if you go back, I'm not gonna we're not gonna play it here, but if you go and listen to the very intro to the song, you'll hear the intro. Uh, <laughs> but there is a a cover by Wes Montgomery that's very good. It's a string cover. But anyway, so that is we're, we just add in some some intrigue, some um, you know just. Just bringing it around from the song song to Eleanor Rigby. Um, it's a narrative on loneliness. Anyway, I think the key's the same. Yeah, because they, they sampled it. Yeah, this is uh, Wow. <laughs> the lyrics became a subject of a study by a sociologist who began to view the band as spokesmen for their generation. Um, there's even been a book length analysis of the lyrics written in 2018. In 1982, there um, was unveiled a Re- Eleanor Rigby statue on Stanley Street in Liverpool, and the plaque is dedicated to all the lonely people. So, I mean, like, lyrically, it's so rich yeah. that you can dig into this for at length. Um, it was praised by Pete Townsend. He said Eleanor Rigby was a very important musical move forward. Uh, Leonard Bernstein cited the string arrangement as an example of the eclectic qualities that made 1960s pop music worthy of recognition as art. And Barry Gibb said that um, their song Melody Fair was influenced by Eleanor Rigby. And it's it's linked on all kinds of greatest of Mm -hmm. lists. Songs, period, not just Beatles songs. Um, Marshall Crenshaw put on a list of top ten songs that represent perfect songwriting. And by the mid-2000s, over um, 200 cover versions had been made. Um, two notable ones, Ray Charles and Aretha Franklin. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know, it speaks across genres. It speaks across, um, you know, it, it connects with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, lines like, you know, wearing a face she keeps in a jar by the door is one of the coolest lines. Like, just to, to look in it yeah. and, you know... The, the faces that we put on mm-hmm. for other people and she was buried along with her name like that's so Nobody came that's so dark yeah. you know and and lonely and sad but but without being over the top yeah. you know it's just it it's real you yeah. know because you know people who who die lonely like that like she has like if you have no kids or you have no family nobody to carry on your name or nobody you know, yeah. the line dies with you. Like, that's that's so empty. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. It's not even like it's like a a, a knife in the heart kind of sad. It's like a an emptiness. Yeah. Like you are empty handed sadness. And I think that's there's a greater depth to that. I've probably never. I don't. I can't think of a song right now that that causes. And it always has causes such a visceral yeah. reaction. I mean, it is. It's not, it's not fear, but is it is this discomfort mm-hmm. that I I think the melody is beautiful. I think the arrangement is beautiful. Yeah, but it that it it's there's this dissonance in it that's kind of strange, and it just causes me, even though I love it and I want to listen to it when it comes on, it causes this discomfort, and it's probably the just the feeling that that thing you can't put your finger on yeah. about 
Yeah. It's just good writing. Right. That's, I'm, I'm done. Oh. <laughs> you're, you're looking at me like, what else are you going to say? Well, I was wondering if we, you know, we, if we were going to circle this back to a uh, thong song. Oh, you want to? No. <laughs> <laughs> the version by Wes Montgomery is very good. You should go listen to it. It's just a string version. It's an instrumental. But uh, that's the one they actually included, not the, the Beatles one, his cover that they, yeah. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I also recommend the thong song. <laughs> I bet he does too, because I don't know what else he's put out lately. Cisco? Yeah. He had a couple of good songs. That was actually, he did a more like a Drew Hill type stuff on the rest of the album. But anyway. Oh, I get to pick again. You do, yes. <laughs> and now for something <laughs> different than the thong song. Okay. Um, so my second pick is Let It Be. I chose the guitar solo rather than the lyrics. Um, it's just my favorite part of the song. Um, this was the last single before McCartney announced his departure from the band. Um, and Mother Mary, a lot of people initially think that this is Mary, Mother of Jesus, but he actually wrote it um, because he had a, a dream. His mom died in 1956, but he had a dream about her many years later where she came to him and told him, like, they're having all kinds of problems in the band. And she said to him, you know, it'll all be all right. Just let it be. And so uh, when a lot of people say, is this Mary, mother of Jesus, he's like, well, you can interpret it however you want. But he's, he has said that it was based on the dream he had of his mother. Um, ranks high on all kinds of greatest lists. This is one of those obvious Beatles songs. It's not one of my favorites, but I think it is a great song. Um, it is somewhat simple in its message, um, but that is also kind of what sometimes connects to a lot of people, right? You can kind of take it and interpret it as you wish. Whatever your situation is, it's not necessarily, you know, with with Blackbird, you know, it, that was based on the racial tensions and the, the situation that was going on, particularly in the U.S. and the South. Um, but this is just whatever your situation is, There's, it's going to be all right. Just let it. Let it be, let it ride. Um, and a lot of people can just take comfort in that simple message. Um, and so I think it was was a great great songwriting effort by Lennon McCartney, <laughs> as all of them were. <laughs> pretty good. And I mean, this is one of those songs that I think it, it's going to be hard to keep out of the out of the top five because, you know, we've said it before. Sometimes the obvious pick is obvious for a reason, and this is yeah. one of those obvious right. picks. Yeah. You know, and so it's going to be, that's going to be a strong contender for the top five, I think. Yeah, if you if, if you had to put, you know, like, send stuff off to the aliens of, give me an example of a little, you know, oh, yeah, for sure. song, you know. Yeah. All right, Heather. I mean, I would have a lot to say about that one. <laughs> um your second pick? Okay. First, 
second pick of the whatever. I don't know. I don't understand how the draft works. <laughs> You're next. Okay, my second pick is maybe kind of strange. I don't know. I don't care. I just like it. All right. It's because. Ooh. It's beautiful. It really is. So it's got starts with this electric harpsichord. So there are nine voices, which is what gives it that really rich sound. It, it sounds like much more than three-part harmony, but it's not. Um, it closely resembles Beethoven's Moonlight Sonata. Because, <laughs> yeah, uh, Yoko was playing it. Apparently, Yoko was quite a good piano player. And she was playing it. And John said, can you play those chords backwards? And then he wrote the song around it. Now, it actually doesn't reverse the order of the chords, but they are definitely shared harmonies. So, so she I mean, said no, but, <laughs> but I, can, I, can I can mix them up a little bit. <laughs> well, she might have said, yeah, sure. And, yeah. You know, but um, the theory so on it is... Yoko, oh, is, no, I can't. But, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> let me tell you what I can do, oh John. My God. Oh, man. So, I mean... The th- I can break up the band. That's what I can yeah. do. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> Hold my beer. Um, the theory on it is... It's, it's, Totally whack, but at, at any rate, it is inspired by the chords in Moonlight Sonata, whether they are backwards, mixed up, shared harmonies, whatever that is. Um, and it, the cool thing about it is it doesn't resolve until the opening chord of "You Never Give Me Your Money." So you know, ah, and it stops there, and it sounds like it's, but like it's not going to resolve. But it actually does. And You Never Give Me Your Money starts that B-side medley. Um, I don't know. I mean, I guess this is the time to talk about it. This is a very sore subject among Beatles fans that I've talked to. People have very strong opinions on the Sgt. Pepper movie. (laughs) I personally love it. I like it. I think you have to take it for what it is, mm-hmm. and that's and I like nonsensical the, yeah. comedy. And I like the Bee Gees. They took a, a whole bunch of Beatles songs, and they tried to build a storyline around it. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird, but I dig it. I like weird stuff, and I like the Bee Gees, and I like Peter Frampton. So. Yeah. All right, but, Here we you are. know, you, you but, put Steve Martin in it, and you've got to kind of say, okay, this is it gets, this is, it gets weird. You know, we're not going to be taking this too seriously. <laughs> right. And really, how serious is the Sergeant? I mean, there. I'm not to say that there right. are not songs in Sergeant Pepper that are not serious. Yeah. But it is. Oh, it's throughout a, a very. 
it's campy. You know, kind of a yeah, feel good album of sorts. But Alice <laughs> but Cooper's <laughs> version of this is so weird huh. and creepy, and I dig it. I think it's really I've never heard cool. that of it. It's, it's really cool. It though. is. It's very different, but I like it. Um, Paul McCartney and George Harrison said that it was their favorite track on Abbey Road. Um, and I feel like I've read a, you know, a lot of stuff about it. Nobody said this, so maybe maybe I'm wrong. But I hear a heavy Beach, Bo- Beach Boys influence mm. in those harmonies yeah. and that structure. And I think that the way that McCartney and Brian Wilson used to go back right. and forth, I... I don't know if it was intentional or if it was a nod, but to me, I hear a definite Beach Boys harmony influence mm. in that song. So that's just a little something-something that I put in there. But. Yeah, I can hear it for yeah. sure. For sure. So anyway, um, I, I, I think it's as much as I, I love harmonies, I think it's just so rich and it's, different than a lot, especially than a lot of the songs on Abbey Road, which is also my favorite Beatles album. But, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's really beautiful. So, yeah. All right. So, you know, I just mentioned that the Sgt. Pepper album was, uh, not super serious, (laughs) but there's like a song that's got some super serious stuff in it and it's a day in the life. Oh, so good. Yeah. This part's not so serious. Yeah. Incorporated like almost every tool the Beatles had it in their repertoire. You know, every tool in the toolbox got thrown at this song. Symphonies, weird noises that they recorded off the street, and all kinds of stuff got put into this. But now, just looking at the lyrics and kind of doing a my own self evaluation of the song. It seems to me that it's like you've got all these tragedies happening in the stories. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like the part that Paul sings, got up, got out of bed. You know, all these awful things. And he's reading the stories about all these awful things. But, you know, we're just like, eh, well, got to go to work. You know, got to get, <laughs> got to drag the comb across my head. So it's like we're, we're just inundated with all this negativity all the time in the news and you know, whether it's you watch a film about war or, you know, a guy blew his mind out in a car or whatever the case is, you know, in, in the song, all these awful stories that he's getting. But, you know, it's, it's just another day. I mean, it, for me, it's just another day. And um, I think that that's it's kind of we, we lose. I think if I was to guess 
the meaning behind the song is that our humanity just kind of dwindles away a little bit because we're so glib about these awful things that happen and we know about it. And what do we do about it? We just say, oh, shucks. Mm -hmm. And we go out to eat and we go to the movies and we go on about our day and we go to work. Now, I don't know what else to do about it, but I think, I think part of the big message in the song is, you know, should we care more about all these tragic stories? I mean, should we maybe have a little bit deeper empathy for these tragic, even if we don't know this person, should we have more empathy for stuff that's going on? Now, musically, it's out of, it's out of my, any comprehension I can have because there's, theory out the wazoo on this thing i mean this is this is a musical masterpiece no matter what if when you go and you look at people try to break down the musical content of this and Mm -hmm. and the structure of the song the one word that keeps popping up over and over and over again is masterpiece masterpiece this Mm -hmm. is the beatles masterpiece 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 and it's one. It's not my favorite Beatles song by a long shot. It's not my favorite Beatles song, but as doing the research, it was consistently number one over and over and over again as one of the greatest Beatles song, if not the greatest Beatles song of all time. And it forced me to say, I'm going to go in and I'm going to look at this song a little deeper. Uh, and it's not my favorite song on the album. I mean, that's the Sgt. Pepper's is my favorite. Beatles album and it's not my favorite song on the album yeah um but it's it's just it's a level of and I'm going to use the word again genius right that's outside of my comprehension yeah you know and again they just use the whole every every tool they have to paint a picture with the music and in some cases, not even music. It may be horns, you know, car horns or whatever. And everything is pointing to the message they're trying to send you. Um, and it's just, it's a level of, uh, of creativity and, and genius that is, that's outside of my comprehension other than if you tell me about it, I can understand it <laughs> from the sidelines. But it's something that I could never put together. Yeah. You know, and uh, if, you know, masterpiece seems to be an appropriate word for this, for this song. So, my next pick is one of my favorite Beatles songs, <laughs> and it is Strawberry Fields. about this song is it was not at least originally on an album it was a double a side with penny lane which is also one of my favorite mm-hmm. Beatles song and it was one that i 
tinkered with being inside of my top five to be drafted. And so it's interesting that they were uh, on the same single. And it was actually in consideration to be placed on the Sgt. Pepper's album. And so but then they were going to put it on the following album. But the producers were like, we need something out now from you guys. We don't want the, we don't want the people to sleep on y'all, so let's go ahead and get something out. And so they released um, this double A side with, with Penny Lane. And I did not know this, but Strawberry Fields, you know, it, it seems like this is a really happy song, Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Field was actually um, the Salvation Army Children's Home in Liverpool. This is a reflection of their childhood growing up. And John did not have a good childhood. Um, John's father was away all the time, and John actually had a brother, or, or a, he had a maybe it might have been a he had a sibling later on from somebody that was not his dad. And I guess dad was away, and you know it's kind of like that Garth Brooks song, you know, where uh, dad's away driving the truck and mom yep. like men. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so. But he he there was a there was a girl at the orphanage that he became friends with. So he would go over to the Strawberry Fields orphanage, and he would and he would play with her. But the the song is a reflection of their childhood, and and for John it was not a, a super amazing experience for him. So you know there's kind of this it's it's got these happy tones, and you think Strawberry Fields forever, but underneath it there's kind of this ongoing melancholy and you can kind of feel that with the tempo Mm -hmm. you can kind of feel that a little bit you know with some of the stuff that they're doing um but it this is actually the first and this is not going to help my case i understand but this is the (laughs) this is the first single that did not go to number one for the beatles since i'm it was like Oh, which one? I, I had it written down over here. Long time. It was a long time, <laughs> but it was like you know, it was time. it was the and and I think it actually did go to number one in the United States, but it was the first one to not go to number one in the UK since like their second album or something. Mm-hmm. And and so, but then of course, as time goes on, it's one of those that is so good. You know, it, it became huge. Um, it was later included on the U.S. version of the Magical Mystery Tour mm-hmm. LP, but it was not on the U.K. release Magical Mystery Tour. Hmm. Uh, and and it says that to the band's displeasure, it was included on the Magical Mystery Tour <laughs> LP. Huh. They didn't want it listed on on there. So um, Lennon viewed Strawberry Fields Forever as his finest work. He thought this was his best work. Um, and then, here's your fun fact. It's time for another fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> it's, okay, it's not so fun because after yeah. Lennon's murder. <laughs> so maybe not. Maybe not. It's an unfortunate it's fact. fact. Yeah. It's an unfortunate <laughs> fact. Um, a section of Central Park was named after uh, this particular song. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been covered several times, um, but it is one of my favorite songs. And again, it goes back to the Beatles being able to use the music and the word coloring 
to paint the picture that they want you to have yep. mm-hmm. in a way that there are not many bands that have been able to do that the way the Beatles have done that. It's right. a good song. And that's my pick. Okay. Okay. So my last pick, I don't, I don't even know. I, I just, I picked it because I like it. <laughs> and um, we had some discussion on whether or not this should be taken as a part of a whole or if they could be looked at separately. I had already made my list, so I'm looking at it separately because it is part of the medley, the B-side medley of Abbey Road, and it is She Came In Through the Bathroom Window. (laughs) You don't have it? That's not what you sent me. Oh, yeah, I changed my mind last minute. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. Okay, well, because I had it, and then I changed it to something else. All right, let's just do it. She came in through the bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so actually... This is about a group of fans um, that would hang around, and they actually, they would hang outside the studio. They were called, like, the Apple Scruffs, <laughs> and they would, there you go. What happened? What had happened was one of those um, one of those fans actually did find a ladder and managed to get into Paul's house and break up. And they would then somebody had a, found a key or something, found a way to get in, and they would get in there and they would take stuff. Wow! And so that was where he got the the line. She could uh, hold on. <laughs> She could steal, but she could not rob. And so she actually did steal a photo of Paul and his father. And wow. He actually got it back. Now, this line right here. Sunday's on the phone to Monday. Tuesday's on the phone to me. And I, I was like, what does that mean? That doesn't make any sense. And um, some some people found out that some neighbors were watching, and they found out that they were getting, how they were getting into his house. And so he was in, um, they attempted to contact him when they realized that the break-ins were taking place. And McCartney says he's always, he always used to see the days of the week as colors. It's kind of a synesthesia type thing. And so I guess he took that and and associated them, the days of the week, with colors or the people, his neighbors. So Sunday's on the phone to Monday, Tuesday's on the phone <laughs> to me. And they that's his neighbors trying to get in touch with him. Huh. So I just think that 
it's simple, but that baseline just lays yeah. down that groove that is, you can't keep your body still. It's just this, just this groove that you get into. And I don't know. I've always loved it. It's my favorite part of the medley, but I do love every part of the medley, but, um, I, I, that's my favorite. And Joe Cocker, his cover of this is brilliant. I don't, Joe Cocker just rode the coattails Showed of, the, of the Beatles. He would just take a, you know, he knew good stuff when he heard it and he put his own stamp on it. So, um, anyway, that is my third pick and it is strictly because just the, the musical aspect of it. I just, I, I just love it, so. Interesting you should mention Joe Cocker. Uh, so my last pick is with a little help from my friends. Okay. When he did a, an amazing cover he of really this. He really did. a great cover. He really Probably, did. well, I mean, Ringo sang this, so. <laughs> but I love Ringo so much. Um, <laughs> Lennon and McCartney deliberately wrote a tune with a limited range <laughs> for him, aside from that last note. Um, but it works. I don't know. There's just something about it because it's happy. It's, yeah, um, and Ringo is always like, like even you know in the early years, he's just back there minding his business, like doing his job. Um, so Ringo insisted on changing the first line um, because they had originally written, "What would you think if I sang out a tune? Would you throw ripe tomatoes at me?" <laughs> um, which the what they ended up with is better, um, in my opinion. But he he was afraid that fans would actually throw tomatoes at him because in in passing, in a show once, uh, George had mentioned that he liked Jelly Babies, which was just a little gummy type candy, and so then people would frequently just throw them at the band from that point forward. And so, he was like, if I sing that in the song, if we perform it live, they're gonna throw. Tomatoes at me, and like that's not as agreeable as a little jelly candy. This you know, throwing things on stage—that's tales all this time, isn't it? I know. And then like uh, when we're at the Foo Fighters show, it's they used to throw phones, at Mentos <laughs> at them all the time. I don't understand the urge to throw something at people who I like, right? And I admire, um, especially like you know, cell phones and and stuff that would hurt them. <laughs> and also, your cell phone is expensive. Right. Who are these people who can just afford to? chunk their cell phones at these performers but whatever um but this is just a feel-good song you know we depend on each other friends are important yeah nah, 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 nah. um yeah so it's just it's a it's a sweet song um and a lot of Beatles songs that i like and a lot of the ones on my list are kind of i don't want to say darker but mm-hmm. yeah um especially my first two picks songs that you know like loneliness or when you're in trouble like a message when you're in trouble but this one is just it's lighthearted. it's enjoyable it's just a sweet relatable song that you can you know you always count on Ringo you always count on my friends yeah that octopus's garden yeah he he just likes the the easy listening songs so (laughs) yeah with a little help from my friends that's the last pick of all the rounds wow some amazing songs did not get picked Really? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and that was just going to happen. I really, yeah. I really, number four on my list, I really thought one of y'all would pick, and that's something. Uh, almost did. Almost did. I really thought one of y'all would, would pick that one up. But it ended up not on my list at all, but I do love that song. It nope. was so hard. I got my first yeah. three picks, actually. And nobody picked Hey Jude. 
That was way down on my that list. I've not really liked it. That was number it. seven on my list. It's tough because with this, kind of like what you mentioned in the in the last episode with the rock albums, it they're all so different, mm-hmm. and it yeah. really does depend on the day. So on this day when I made this list, <laughs> I just had to determine I'm going to make this list on any day because if I keep going back to it, I'm going to change it based right. on what I feel like that day. So I had to just set it and forget it um, because I know myself. It's like a rotisserie chicken. Yeah. <laughs> set it. And, and forget, forget it. it. <laughs> yeah. So I I had to resolve that all the songs that we were going to pick are good. And I'm just going to have to be okay with it. So what, what, what songs did you have that did not get selected? Um, so songs that no no one selected didn't uh-huh. get drafted. Um, Revolution 1. Uh, Revolution 9. You know, whatever. Um, all You Need Is Love and Hey Jude. What about you? Um... So that was didn't something get, on your list? I actually didn't end up putting it on my list, even though I love it so yeah. much. Uh, that didn't get picked. Uh, Helter Skelter. Yep. Um, now, if he, now if 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 John would have said that was the first heavy metal album, then yeah. yesterday <laughs> would have been number one. Uh, what here's what did he say it was? Ticket to Ride? Yeah, yeah Ticket to Ride. <laughs> but see, here's on, the Josh. thing. Um, <laughs> here's why I didn't. I guarantee. Because, you know... Um, he well, was going back and first, forth. He, uh, well, like if you think Ticket to Ride's heavy metal, then <laughs> yeah, really. yeah. Well, he um, he had read an interview with Pete Townsend in which he described uh, "I Can See for Miles" as the loudest, rawest, dirtiest song the Who had ever recorded. So he rec- he wrote "Helter Skelter" to have the most raucous vocal and the loudest drums. <laughs> and I, I'm telling you that the reason that it's not considered that by John is because um, it's credited to the Lennon-McCartney team, the songwriting partnership, but John acknowledged in an interview that was all Paul. So he didn't have anything to do with it. So John said, listen, <laughs> you don't want to speak ill of the dead, but John's a freaking turd. <laughs> like, can we just... <laughs> a, a, a brilliant mind, a brilliant songwriter... But a turd. Yeah. So anyway, Helter Skelter. Uh, I also had Golden Slumbers carry that weight, mm-hmm. and which is the one I almost went back to. That song just makes me so sad. Yeah. It makes me so freaking sad because I think about Dad, mm-hmm. you know, and it it's just told down and I didn't want to do it. Um, <laughs> there you go. And the Long and Winding Road. Yep, I had mm-hmm. that one. I had that one. I had uh, I had something. I mentioned that. Here Comes the Sun. No, y'all did not have Here oh, Comes yeah. the Sun on your list. I guess I'm not really a George oh, fan. I'm a George when it fan. all comes down, I love his stuff, but I, I mean, I, I don't gravitate to his stuff as much as... I did have Hey Jude, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The Long and Winding Road, and then, like I mentioned, I had Penny Lane as number 10 on my list. But uh so that's uh yep. that's that's what we had. So we do have nine selections and they are Ben drafted While My Guitar Gently Weeps, A Day in the Life in Strawberry Fields. Heather drafted Blackbird because and she came in through the bathroom window and I drafted Eleanor Rigby Let It Be and with a little help from my friends. So we have nine <laughs> songs and we've got to cut it from nine Two, five. Working nine to five. That was terrible. That was bad. That was not good. Okay, so this is going to be interesting because our lists were very different. So I don't know. 
<laughs> he looks so confused. I don't right know ahead. how. I just like, don't know how we're gonna yeah. how we're gonna cut this because there were so many songs that were selected by one of us and not by <laughs> anyone else. Yeah. So, like the first pick, did anybody else have "While My Guitar Gently Weeps"? I did. Where did you have it? Three. Where did you have it? No. You did not have it. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> so you, Heather, you selected Blackbird. It was your number one. Yes. Where was it for you, Beth? Number one. What? That just doesn't make sense to me. <laughs> Why? Uh, what well, you know what it sounds like? Ooh. <laughs> I just, I We're just trying to get it on the list, yeah. right? I don't understand. Like, I can understand it being on the list and it being in your top nine. I just. Did you listen to my commentary? I, I mean, did. I think I, I did. lined yeah, out I all did. my reasons. I, okay, but I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand why it's ranked so highly for. Because, mm. like. Melody, lyrical content, historical right. context. Right. So. I, I right, guess what right, I'm trying right, to right, say right. is I did not see this as a highly critically I mean okay I don't want to say not a highly critically acclaimed song but I did not see it as highly critically acclaimed by the quote unquote experts like anywhere when I was doing my research I'm just curious how <laughs> Two people in this room <laughs> right. came to the same conclusion on a song that the general consensus doesn't put it in that top mm-hmm. echelon. Of Sounds like songs. we're smarter than the internet. Well, for me, <laughs> if, if I'm if I'm looking at my list, and on the day that I made my list, <laughs> I was thinking, okay, best Beatles songs, and I like um, a message song. I like a song with a purpose. Um, and so I don't have a lot of personal relationship type songs, like love songs on my list. I have a lot of social commentary songs, which is, I kind of trend that way usually, I guess, with lists. And that's the way I kind of landed on this one. And I think it's, I, I hate, okay. I don't want to say it's personal to us because we cannot understand the weight of the sub we can't truly identify with no the weight of the Not subject matter intended. of what if he intended however growing up in the south and being taught like in the school district we grew up in we were taught a lot of that history that was not glossed over i don't feel i feel like um and so that time period in our nation's history is um it it hits with me um and so i think i felt like that was a really meaningful song for me and that on the day that i made this list that was my number one because i love the song i mean it's one of those but i mean there's probably 25 songs that I could put on this list and yeah. and they on like you said on any given day being my top yeah, nine sure. whatever. In fact, it was so difficult I actually had 10 songs on my list because I was like I, I can't leave mm-hmm. this song off mm-hmm. kind of a deal. Okay. So I mean I'm I'm I love the song and I had I had developed just myself through listening a personal connection to the song and then it was really enriched when I found out what he intended. Right. It to be, and that just added 
an even more important layer of how it related, how I had related it to me when you see the the big picture of how he, he meant for that to be. Well, I mean, if it had two number one overall votes, I would say it's probably for sure going into the top five. So, I mean, we could probably move it over there. Okay. Um, Eleanor Rigby, I did not have it in my top nine or ten. Hmm. Where did you have it? Number two. I feel like this is. <laughs> I feel like I feel like, I feel like I'm not going to have a good day here. Is what I'm starting to feel like. Okay, and then the next pick was Let It Be. I had Let It Be number six. Three. That one's probably going in. Do I we want to do that? Where was it on yours? It was my number four. So we got a four, a three, and a six. Yeah. I mean, I would say that's probably going over. I mean, because all okay. of us would. It's not hard for me to get from six to five. Yeah. Okay. Then we had because I did not have it on my list. I didn't either. Then we had a day in the life. Did anybody else have that on their mm-hmm. list? At eight. Uh, five. No. Six. So a two, a six, and what was it on yours? Eight. Eight. Okay. And then we had Strawberry Fields. Mm-mm. I didn't have that one. Okay. So that's probably on the cutting block. <laughs> um, and then you had, what, what, was, what was your last Heather, pick? she came in through the bathroom window. Okay. Yeah, I, I did it. not have that on my list. I didn't either. <laughs> okay. And then with a little help from my friends, I did not have that on my list. I didn't have it. Okay, so, so I feel like I feel off, like right? I feel like round three songs are not going to make the uh, the okay. final cut. Yeah. Okay. And so, how many spots do we have open? We have three, three spots, spots open. open. One, two, three, four songs. But almost certainly, it seems like Eleanor Rigby's going to go in because y'all had it really high. Yeah. Both of you did top three. It was two for me. It was two for me. So it's probably going over. Okay. I also had While My Guitar Gently Weeps. I had it at number three. And I had it number one. So that one's probably going over. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. Okay. So we have two songs remaining in one spot. Is that true? Let me double check myself because it doesn't feel like it should be that easy. (laughs) Uh, I think it's between Because and A Day in the Life. I think that's correct. Yep. Mm. Oh, Lordy. (laughs) This is tough. Shoot, they're so different. They're very different, yep. I like them both. <laughs> it's it's one of those for me where I think I, I probably like Because better. But A Day in the Life has so many complexities in it. And it is considered their seminal masterpiece as far as a composition is concerned. And so that's why I had it number two overall on my list, even though it is not my favorite. There's probably 12, 15 songs I would... There's there's probably six or seven songs just on the Sgt. Pepper album I would like to listen to above it. But 
it is so <laughs> daggum decorated, you know, as far as the the critical acclaim for the composition and the production and the recording and the lyrical content. I mean, it is, I mean, genius is, I mean, the closest thing I can come to it. Yeah. <laughs> I, was thinking, yeah. I don't know. What do you? Oh, I. Oh, I guess this leaves me in uh-huh. a. Oh. Shoot. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So I like because better. But on the day that I made my list, <laughs> I didn't put it on there, and I did have a day in the life. Um, I did too. I mean, I'll. I'll, there, full disclosure, it was on all three of our lists. Oh. You had it on. I, I thought you did not have oh. it on. No, I had it on my list. It was number six. Oh. It was oh. higher or than seven. me. You had it eight? Is that what you said? Yeah. At that point in time in my life. Yep. It was. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have to qualify every time I. Two, three, four, five. Yeah, it's number six. I mean. So, I mean. I would say that's. I mean, it was on all three of our lists, so I feel like that's a fair. And I also feel like. If, factor. If, if we leave it off, then we have to answer to the critics. They didn't eat everything in the life on the list. Critics can suck my big toe. <laughs> <laughs> I was real worried about where that was going for a little bit. I was like, whoa. What did you I think, think I was going to say? <laughs> probably as many critics listen to this podcast right. as Dave Grohl. Yeah, exactly. So, so when we get a call from him, yeah, <laughs> recognizing whatever. how much we appreciate him. Okay, so we have five songs. We got them. So we just got to rank them. That was so much less confrontational than I would. Now, this part might get cold. This yeah. might get cold. Right. So, so what are our five songs? All right, our top five that we've chosen are Blackbird, Let It Be, Eleanor Rigby, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, and A Day in the Life. Okay. Okay. That's a good list. That is a good it list. It is a good list. It is a good list. Now here. Bop, bop, bop. How <laughs> <laughs> my Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we have, all right, Blackbird's one, or, or it's in, it's the first one we moved over. What was the second one we moved over? Let It Be. Let It Be. Did you have Let It Be on your list? Mm-hmm. Three. And you had it on yours. At four. So I just want I just want to put this out there that we all had let it be on our list. In the top five? I had it number six. Okay. But it's higher than I had Blackbird because I didn't, didn't have, have it, it on there at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Did you have Eleanor Rigby? I did at number nine. That's low. That's too low. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Ooh, don't make those noises. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous grinding. Oh man. This. And then what <laughs> wait, now what's the what's the the long title you got? Oh while, while my, my guitar, guitar gently, gently weeps. weeps. Okay. Now keep in mind that's the Beatles plus Clapton. Uh-huh. That's that's actually not a helpful. Yeah, not helpful. It is exactly helpful. I don't think so. Because yeah. it's not a it's a Beatles song. It's not a solo effort. That's not the best Beatles and Clapton song. (laughs) I would actually put... I would actually put While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Five. Oh, because you don't like the George songs. No, it's not that. It's just that the other... 
I'm 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 mm. thinking ahead. I'm thinking ahead when we rank the big list. Mm. Hmm. Which is I know ironic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that we'll part later. <laughs> oh Lord. Okay, so <laughs> oh gosh, I forgot about that little <laughs> piece of nonsense we're gonna have to deal with. Uh, help us, God. <laughs> so The second one is I can't read it from here. Let it be. Let it be. Is it is it fair to say that that Blackbird Let It Be or Eleanor Rigby will be one or can or is it possible for a day in the life to leapfrog some of these and get there? Not for not for me. It could leapfrog Let It Be for me, but not Blackboard Black Blackbeard. <laughs> Blackbeard. Not, not Blackbeard, Blackbeard or Eleanor Rigby. Don't mess with me, list. <laughs> <laughs> See, because to me, the one that could jump Blackbird would be Let It Be. Oh, boy. We do not agree. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. I could be persuaded pretty easily Are y'all, it's, to it's, have okay. Eleanor so Rigby let, let me, jump let me just Blackbird. Know, let me just know. If, Same. Let me just know if I need to resign myself to Blackbird being number one. You need to resign no. yourself to it being one, one or, or two. two. Okay. And you're saying Eleanor Rigby is the one that could jump to number one. In my opinion, yes. mine too. If I had to, I mean, because Eleanor Rigby was on my list and Blackbird wasn't. Like, if, if it were up to me, then I would say I would prefer for Eleanor Rigby to be number one. I could I could get with that. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. But Blackbird is for sure not sinking below number two. Um, not, not below. Not, let it be. Not in my list. But um, shoot. I don't know. No, probably not. Okay. No. <laughs> she said. Well, if not, let it be that none of them can jump Blackbird. So you're saying Blackbird's going down number two. The only one. Hell or high water, Blackbird's going down number two. Well, see, now, you know, we got, I get to hook myself into stuff like you do. No. I don't know. (laughs) The only one that could, that could contend with it, but it would be a, a difficult discussion would be while my guitar gently weeps. Yes. Let's have that conversation. But. Oh, for me, it would be let it be. That could jump it. Hmm. And for me, it would be both of them that could jump it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just where I'm at right now. I would now. prefer neither of them to jump it. And I do. No, no, I really like that song. So. Well, I'm not to could No. I mean, I do like that song, but. <laughs> so my question, like my question for so both much. of you mm-hmm. is, do you really think... It's number two, or is it your personal connection and your preference for the song is pushing it past some of these other songs? That's what I'm thinking. I really think, well, it was my number one, and it was, that but was. My, but my question is, is do you think that it is, re- because, like, take your, your mm. personal preference No, lyrically and musically, I think 
that it is a superior song. Musically, I musically I think while my guitar gently weeps is more interesting. And from a production standpoint, a day in the life beats anything they've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I receive it. <laughs> but musically and instrumentally, the best, I mean, While My Guitar Gently Weeps is the best song on the list from an instrumental standpoint, you know, because you've got, I don't want to, I don't want to cut George Harrison short at all. He's does not get the credit he's due as yeah, being a, an amazing guitar player. Mm-hmm. But he's not Eric Clapton. That's what Patty Boy did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Man. Oh, so where are we at? I don't, okay, I don't so know I where think, this leaves us. I think what where we are is, if, at, for number two, Heather wants Blackbird. I want While My Guitar Gently Weeps. <laughs> And you are kind of debating between the two about which one's going to be two and likely which one's going to be three, which means that let it be is going to fall to four. Wait a second. Wait a second. (laughs) I'm framing. She asked, where are we? Where where you are, though. He's like, you're debating between the two. (laughs) We're not talking about let it be or. Well, see, that's what I'm looking at. Like, but I thought that's what the conversation. I thought the conversation. I thought. I thought. I may be wrong. I thought she said the one song that could bump Blackbird to number three was "While My Guitar Gently Weeps." I thought that is what what I said. said. But now I'm like, no, no, no. Come on, Beth, don't do this. (laughs) He's good. Because I'm like, because I'm like, could I talk myself into? (laughs) Could I talk myself into "Let It Be" jumping it also? Yes, focus. (laughs) I mean, here's the thing. My top four are here in the top five. Yeah. So, honestly, at the end of the day, to me, I basically get what I wanted (laughs) in my my original list. But the order now, because it's a different day that I made the freaking list... (laughs) I'm like, I don't know if I want to stick to that. And then I'm reconsidering the the criteria, I guess, on which I made my list at the time. And what do I weigh more today rather than what I weighed the day I made the list as far as what's important. But I just really like, I really like Blackbird so much. But is it what I like or what makes it the best? You know, it's kind of like, um, I guess it's kind of like in, in the last episode, like physical graffiti was so high on my list, but it wasn't necessary. But like, you know, it's like I said, I mean, like the, the Back in Black album, of all the albums we listed other than Hotel California, Back in Black was probably the one I would prefer to listen to the most. Even, but I did have you know physical graffiti because on the way that I had defined the category, I felt like 
removing my personal preference aside, <laughs> physical graffiti was. And so what I'm asking you to do is maybe do that. <laughs> well, I am, and that's why it's tough. Um, he's good. He's good. You had Blackbird number one. I know. I know. I know. And so did I. We said, we said that was a different day, Heather. Keep up. <laughs> I told myself when we made this list that I wasn't going to care this much because you can't make with these songs, the list can't really be bad. Right. But it can be not as bad. I know. <laughs> uh, and I was going to say, you know, like, whatever. It is what it is because they're all great songs. And on tomorrow, I might agree with that. But now I'm thinking, like, which songs do I think need to be higher when we do the top? <laughs> okay Can we maybe do Five and Four and five Well that depends Can we get there Because you're talking about Maybe moving Blackbird Down to number four No Well yeah I did say that yeah. Oh god That's crazy She was talking oh, about The gosh. potential of moving Let it be up too What I don't know why and, you know, the, I don't know why but, I said it But this is This is why we have A podcast right Because if you just uh, If you just Polled the masses let it be is going to be maybe number one. Number one, maybe. yeah, probably. But we're pretending to be experts today. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's as interesting as I it, honestly as any of the other ones. But I like it still better than a day in the life. No, I like a day in the life better than let it be. Do I? I don't know. Gosh, dang it. <laughs> I like these songs are my babies. <laughs> Sophie's choice. Let's go. <laughs> okay. I have to choose between Blackbird and While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Is that right? I think that's... Is that where well, we are? It, yeah. Is that I'm, where we are? I think that's where <laughs> like, we are. Man's like, man's like, yeah, that's where we are. Is it? I mean... Well, okay, let me ask you this. Is it? Don't think, just answer. Why do you think that's not where we are? Because I, well, I don't... Here's, the, here's how we'll know. Here's how you we'll don't know. think there's a choice to be made. So, okay. Because I'm, I'm going to give you an option that you're not expecting. Uh, Choose right now between <laughs> no, wait, wait, while my guitar gently weeps or let it be. Don't think while my guitar answer. gently weeps. Just answer. Well, okay. So now you've answered the question about which one's ahead of. So now it's not. Let's let's put let it be aside because okay. That's, so now so now it's, it's blackbird. Just between blackbird and while my guitar gently weeps, and then we can conquer the let it be question later. I'm hurting. Oh. Okay. I really like both of them. It wasn't even like I had them back to back, though. So I feel like I have to say Blackbird. You don't have to. No, I don't. I don't think I have to. (laughs) Let's do four and five. Let's do four and five, please. (laughs) This has become... Why is this up to me? I don't like this. So intense. <laughs> okay. It's a swing vote. Yeah. So let okay, take the heat off of me for a minute. Okay. Let it be or a day in the life, four and five. I'm, okay, I'm, so, I'm gonna let y'all whittle this down. I mean for me it's a day in the life goes ahead of let it be because 
A Day in the Life was my number two overall pick behind <laughs> While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Ooh. So, because I think just the production aspect of A Day in the Life and just the critical acclaim and the sheer volume of articles about that song and its production, there's got to be something to that. I don't you know? care what the articles say. I think that Let It Be is a more relatable, widespread, universal lyric. So. It's definitely more well-known. Yeah. yeah. And you would be the swing vote on this one because Let It Be was my pick and A Day in the Life is Ben's. If I were going four and five, I'd put Let It Be. Wait, wait, how did While My Guitar Gently Weeps all of a sudden jump up to number three? It was my number three on the list. What? On my original list, it was my number three. Oh. I mean, okay. And so, <laughs> so okay. So I would put Let It Be, then While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And wait, that's not I mean, the conversation. I mean, and, sorry, Day in the Life. Okay. Day in the Life. And then number two, I would put Blackbird. <laughs> and number three, I would put While My Guitar Gently Weeps. And he just needs to be happy with that, that you jumped up from an originally being number five to number three. Look at him. Smile because he knows. When was While My Guitar Gently Weeps number five? It was never number five. It was five. never number she's five. Making, <laughs> making what do you say? For me, it was number five. Oh, Okay. Oh. Now, I will say there was a time where we thought it was going to be behind Let It Be. Mm. Yeah. But. Yeah. Uh, oh. Okay. So now we've got the, it's, it's between number two or three. It's Blackbird V. While My Guitar Gently Weeps. 30 second pitches. Go. Your first. <laughs> well, it was your number one to start out with. And it's. It's a much better lyric, in my opinion. It, it, you said yourself you like a message song. It's definitely more of a message song than While My Guitar Gently Weeps. They didn't have to bring in Eric Clapton and Clutch to to oh. play the... Oh. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just kind of... Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> um, I just think that Blackbird is the better melody... The better lyric, the better message. How are you going to sit here and... Did you listen to my commentary about... Yes, I did. About... I did. While My Guitar Gently Weeps <laughs> and what it was about? The whole thing was... The whole song is about the status of the world and his feeling about how he feels like there's nothing he can do about it. That's the whole point of the song. It is... And, it, and he... It's a commentary on, and we went through the flower, the flower power movement and how they were supposed to solve the world's problems, but they didn't. In fact, they got engrossed in the, in the corporate capitalism of the time. And so, you know, he was talking about music was supposed to save the world, and it didn't, and it didn't happen. Okay. They, just got, they just got corrupted by the same system they said they were going to fix. Right. Well, you're so you're talking about equally intense and serious social Justice right. issues, but don't say that. That while my guitar gently <laughs> weeps is not a. No, I just like mine better. So, I just, <laughs> <laughs> so here's like I would say pitches. I would say lyrically they are at at worst for for while my guitar gently weeps, they're equal in terms of the quality of the lyric. 
I would say instrumentally, this is a no-brainer. Blackbird, there is for number one. There's just it's very limited the instrumentation that's used in the song. Yeah, but for the showpiece of while my guitar gently weeps, it's not even a Beatle playing it. But it's still a Beatles song. So on a Beatles album, he's not. He didn't write every note, every everything in that solo. Eric Clapton made up. George Harrison mm-hmm. didn't say, here, play this, this, and bend here and do this. Eric Clapton decided to do that. So instrumentally, that's not even the showpiece of all of that. The centerpiece is not even a Beatles composition. It's Eric Clapton doing it. I'm going to break in. <laughs> I've made my decision. <laughs> um, well, I feel like I've betrayed myself, but... This is for the point of Blackbird. I love the lyric. However, the melody, I don't want to say borrowed, but influenced by another piece. Yes, he did play with it, did change it. But it's also, Paul performs it on his own. So... It's like mostly a Paul song. Nobody else really plays with him. And then... <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, yeah, but George wrote this and he didn't even play it at all. Well, he played on the track. Yeah, he played on the track. He I didn't... mean, at least all the Beatles all played the Beatles on this it. track. Oh, That's a great point, Beth. That's, Blackbird's not even a Beatles song. It's it Paul's is a Beatles song, song but like... It doesn't feature I, like that. It, it's a solo, okay. the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> you're so ridiculous. I'm not saying that. Anyway, I've changed my mind because it's today. That's jacked. Shut up! <laughs> so we have. A top five, and they're in order. <laughs> <laughs> and what is that order? That order is number one, Eleanor Rigby. Two, While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Three, Blackbird. Four, Let It Be. Five, A Day in the Life. I don't even feel bad about the yesterday thing now. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, so and, and again, this is these are not the greatest Beatles songs of all time. That is from Revolver to Let It Be. And... So we want to thank everyone for listening. We will have a bonus episode very soon where we combine these two lists, these two top five lists, early Beatles, late Beatles, and we will come up with a new top five of their greatest songs of both eras. If you like this content, please like, share. Um, We are on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. And that's about it. And, And your favorite... Podcast listening platform. Or is it X? It's oh, it's X now. You're right. <laughs> You're right. It is. And he's he's gotten rid of the birds. Yeah. Right, the birds gone. So is that is, right? Is it a tweet? I don't know. <laughs> also, can we just say about Blackbird? I really don't like how they do the whole Mary Poppins bird sounds right in the middle of the song. That t- that really takes some things away from me on that song. I wish I hadn't done that. That's but like anyway. an actual. Recording of some I don't care bird. Just like in a day of the life, there was actual recordings of car horns car and stuff. Horns yeah, and stuff. I don't care for that. But anyway, so. 
I mean, they're the Beatles. They, I guess, know better than me, but I just don't like it. Yeah, so hey. While my guitar gently weeps, it's like, has the guitars in it? An actual recording of some non-Beatle playing. Oh, no. That guy from Cream? (laughs) Derek and the Dominoes? Well, and so you made fun of me. Home record what? But when Clapton was there, (laughs) but but with Clapton in the group, it was the Fab Five. They were all fabulous. I was preloading this for you. Everybody thought it was Clarence. It wasn't Clarence. It was Eric Clarence. It's foreshadowing. So for real, thank uh, thank you guys for listening. Like, share, leave positive reviews. We'll see you in two weeks. Thanks for joining us on the Music List Podcast. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. She almost had it. (laughs) 